Hey everybody, it's Brian with a quick announcement before the show. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, And on that topic, I wanted to let you know about a survey that is for queer fans of horror. A woman named Heather, who's a PhD researcher, reached out to us. She's doing some research on the tastes and the habits and the experiences of queer fans of horror. So she has conducted a survey online that you can take if you are a queer fan of horror, and it would really help her research. I flipped through the survey. It looks like it's honestly going to be a lot of fun to take the survey. Um, And there's a question that asks about the podcast you listen to, so go ahead and click us. I think we're one of the options listed there. And to take the survey, you go to https colon slash slash mmu.onlinesurveys.ac.uk backslash queer for fear um and we also have that link posted on our twitter and facebook if you want to go find it there and click on it um so yeah heather is a phd researcher and she's doing this as part of her dissertation at the center for gothic studies at manchester metropolitan university the manchester center for gothic studies at manchester metropolitan university Sounds like fun. So if you are a queer fan of horror, um, go check out that survey. It will be a great help to Heather and to queer fans of horror everywhere. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin. I've got Brian on the phone. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the 2019 horror film The Perfection, directed by Richard Shepard and starring Allison Williams and Logan Browning. And this is the story about two cello players and the horror that follows after they meet. Um, we chose this one because there was a lot of hype, I think, on Netflix. A lot of articles have come out with it. And also, I think for Pride Month, it seemed like a pretty uh, relevant choice. Do you think that has anything to do with the release timing on this one? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I would guess no, but because they, I mean, they did it a week before Pride Month started. Oh, that's true. It came out like in May. Yeah, May 24th. Uh, yeah, that's true. And they didn't really like kind of dial up that in the PR or anything, or it wasn't it hasn't really been pitched that way at all in any of the trailers. No, no, I don't think so. Um, that is kind of like an underrepresented community, though, in, in horror films, which I thought was kind of a cool part in this one to see that element. Um, I can't think of like many horror films that, uh, you know, capture things like that. Uh, do, do you know of other ones? Um, there is one that came out this year called Knife and Heart or Knife Plus Mm -hmm. Heart, um, that I think is an LGBTQ um, horror movie, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, Oh, okay. And and I've been, I was, I feel like I've been Googling lists of this too when I saw that it was Pride Month, but I I can't remember any of the movies. There's not a ton and a lot of them are just kind of tangential. Yeah, right. I hopefully that changes. Um, I, I feel like this year, last year, the last few years, you're seeing more and more of that diversity element come into horror films. So hopefully, um, you know, these communities get re- represented more as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. I wish I had remembered. There's a, <laughs> there's an article on 
a site, a horror movie review site called gaylydreadful.com that talks about the importance of representation in the media. I think Mm -hmm. it's by, oh, I don't even want to say who it's by. I think I have a guess, but I don't want to be wrong. But just go to Gaily Dreadful and check out their stuff, and you should find it. They talk about representation in horror films specifically? Um, Media in general, but yeah, specifically horror films. So it's a good article. Cool. So this film, uh, I feel like they've been very careful with the advertising and even like the storyline, like uh, you can't really talk too much about it without giving away what happens in it. Do do you get that sense? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people post on Twitter just like a tweet that says nothing but go into the perfection blind. Yeah, yeah, which you kind of have to. Every time I try to look at a review beforehand, like they all had spoilers. You couldn't find anything. And uh, even the trailer is like kind of ominous. Um, yeah, all you know, it's like these two girls who are playing the cello that, uh, you know, start, start, like weird things start happening to them or something. Pretty mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't know anything about it when I went into it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that were talking up the gore factor in it. So I, I kind of knew going into it that it's going to be really gory. Um, I'm not sure if it was like that gory as like compared to other stuff we've seen. Um, I guess we've seen gorier for sure, but it's up there. It almost okay. reminded me of Tux, Tusk in terms of its gore. I don't remember Tusk being that gory. Oh, actually, yeah, now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Tusk cool. was very gory. <laughs> yeah, the limbs and things. Yeah, it is kind of similar in that sense. Yeah, so we're going to spoil the crap out of this movie. Yeah. Uh, warning if you're if you're new to the show. Also, um, maybe there's trigger warnings, I think, for, for pedophilia and sexual abuse. Oh, good idea. Yeah. This and... Has- uh, Maybe even a spoiler more warning for the movie Get Out, because I could see us. Mm. There's a small, small relationship there, but yeah, no, we may but not, but just, just as a precaution. I'm definitely going to know, yeah, now that we throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. Got the disclaimer. This movie, I guess, premiered at Fantastic Fest last year and then picked, was picked up by Netflix. Um, had you heard about it back then? No, I didn't. I, I feel like there was a lot of... Twitter conversations after Fantastic Fest about the the best movies and everything, but I don't remember it being. I'm sure maybe it was mentioned, but I didn't hear a ton about it. Yeah, I'm not even sure like how it was received at Fantastic Fest. Like, yeah, it was uh, played there, but yeah, yeah. And I never know. I've never been to a film festival or a con or anything like that, uh, mm-hmm. which is why we are not quite nerds. But <laughs> I don't know how it works. Like, if this movie played at a time. When something else was playing that was bigger or just towards the end of the weekend when everyone had gone home, mm-hmm. maybe that maybe not a lot of people saw it or maybe there just wasn't much buzz about it going into Fantastic Fest so they they didn't know what it was and right. decided not to see it. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know how film festivals work. Maybe one day. Yeah, because usually something like blows people away, there's like a buzz about it for a while until it's released. Yeah. But- I, yeah, I definitely didn't see that with this one. Didn't like um, Apol- no, Apostle, and I think, yeah, I think it was just Apostle. Didn't that have, was that also at Fantastic Fest? I think Apostle premiered at Fantastic Fest. I want to say Overlord did. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. There were definitely a few that were buzzed about, and I think some we saw that we didn't even think were that good. Yeah, right. So this one, the fact that we didn't hear about it and it's coming out months later kind of sets the stage. So this guy, uh, Mike Shepard, 
there or sorry richard shepherd uh the director here um he it's it looks like he's got more of a tv background he did like ugly betty and 30 rocking girls i didn't see he'd done any other films he i think he's done a couple of films but they were they were not big movies okay um you see yeah he did 12 episodes of girls so he's worked with allison williams before right okay that's cool um, yeah, I think that's like Alison Williams' big thing, that and Get Out. Uh, but yep. yeah, t- yeah, she's pretty cool. Speaking of people in this movie, did you did you, uh, did you recognize Anton, the guy who played Anton, Steven Weber? Yeah, he looked like he was like that typical bad guy from like a 90s or uh, like a TV show or something. Yeah, he was in Wings. Oh, <laughs> no but kidding. But also, um, I don't, and I don't think you've seen this, but he was in The Shining TV movie. Oh, I never saw that one. It was like Stephen King trying to do it his way. He was yeah. he was Jack Torrance. Oh, really? How was that? Yeah. I thought it was good, but I was a kid, so I don't know how I'd feel now. And most people, I think a lot of people think it's pretty bad. He's, he seems kind of like a B actor. Uh, Yeah, maybe a little bit. Right. Um, I, I was really impressed. So I, I'd never seen uh, this woman before in a film. Uh, Logan Browning. I think she was in... Yeah, who uh, plays Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. She, I, th- I thought she was amazing, and um, surprised I didn't come across her. She was in. Was she in Dear White People? Is that the movie she was in? Or TV yeah, I show? think that's a TV show, actually. Oh, right on Netflix or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another TV show called Powers. Both of those I've heard of, but haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought she was great, and did, it was really good on the screen here. Any anything else? Any connections to Ohio you're able to find? Um, the only connection is that a big part of this movie, uh, centers around a music conservatory and Oberlin College in Oberlin, Ohio, in Northeast Ohio, is the oldest continually operating conservatory in the United States. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't realize that was the oldest. Yeah. I think there's one that's older, but it's the oldest continually operating. So I'm guessing that other one shut down for a little while and then reopened its doors. Oh, got it. Um, have you ever been out to Oberlin? No, I haven't. Have you? I'm not even sure where it is. No, I haven't been there. But I, I feel yeah. like a, a lot of famous people have been there or go there. Yeah, I think that might be true. I think they have some famous alums. Yeah, the singer from uh, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's Karen O. I think she was out of there. Um, a few oh, other really? big musicians. Yeah, I come from that Oberlin scene. Sounds sounds good. Nice. Yeah. Any um, anything else? No, there's not that is not that much out there on this movie. It's produced by Miramax, has a seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that, which is it. actually that, which is pretty favorable for a horror film. Yeah, especially for one as strange as this. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see. Uh, we'll see if if we agree or what what our thoughts are on this one. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, well, and I guess we can talk about it later. It seemed like there was, this is not a horror comedy, but it seemed like maybe there were some black comedy elements in this, like dark comedy. Oh, I totally missed any dark comedy. Those, there are moments of levity in this? Um, maybe towards the end or just like, I don't, I wouldn't call them levity, but it's own weird sense of humor. Oh, but like yeah, we'll talk dark more about it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, I need to go do something really quick. Um, Can we uh, take a quick break and pick things up with the plot? Yeah, sounds good. Go do your thing. All right, thanks. I'll be right back.
All right, Brian, I'm back. Cool, cool. Everything good? Uh, good. Hey, are you drinking brandy tonight, Benny Chance? Um, I'm drinking bourbon tonight. Ah, shoot. I just spiked a bunch of bottles of brandy at the at your local liquor store. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to knock you out, man. You're that you're you're too. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to get, uh, get knock out the competition on the podcast scene. And uh, I'm you're my too rival good. here. Yeah, yeah, you're too good. <laughs> you're still in the spotlight, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Heads up. Next time you get some brandy, if if you start seeing bugs crawling out of your hands, uh, you'll know yeah, why. Yeah. Well now, well now I know. Yeah, <laughs> you got lucky tonight. That joke was not the perfection. <laughs> you don't think so? That didn't that didn't align with the perfection. <laughs> the mediocre. Yeah, that was more the mediocre. That's our sequel to the perfection. <laughs> All right, we'll work on that. It's just you trying to poison a bunch of people and missing every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like ingesting it myself. <laughs> yeah, that's how it ends. That's good idea. Yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, so that's part of the plot, or kind of like how this movie gets set up. Um, is there's a, kind of that, that dynamic there? So the mo- movie opens up, and we're introduced to Charlotte, who is played by Allison Williams from Girls. Uh, she's in a room with her mom, who's just passed away, and we see like pills on the counter and stuff, and we get the feeling that her mom's been sick for a while, um, and she's been taking care of her, and now like her mom's passed, so she's kind of moving on. First thing uh, she does, she calls up this guy, Anton, who was the head of the academy where she learned how to play the cello. So I guess she's like a very accomplished cellist um, and uh, is like, you know, really well known and um, went to this, you know, really prestigious academy that was run by Anton. So she calls him up and travels out to Shanghai to meet him at a concert. And at that concert, uh, there's another cellist, one of Anton's students uh, named Lizzie who is played by Logan Browning. And she's like another amazing like cello prodigy. And they even like play together. And there's this really cool scene where they're like hitting it off. And then um, it's it goes between them like playing cello together and then um, like them hooking up, like going out afterwards and like going to a bar and a club and then, uh, yeah, just hooking up, which I, I thought was a really cool kind of cinematography there. What, what did you think of that? Yeah, it was awesome. Like the montage of their date, their night together was set to the music like their own duet i thought it was really cool it was yeah really well done yeah and whatever piece they were playing it was just like it's kind of cool because it's, it's kind of tense it's almost like they're battling there but yeah it's, it's classical and then it's like set to these scenes of them uh hooking up which is pretty cool yeah yeah it was a little bit like a battle in, in some ways so yeah yeah it was cool and i think you kind i really of had like the way this movie is shot in a lot of ways yeah, they they do a good job of like keeping that uh, tenseness there between the two characters. Like even when um, you know they're they're getting together, uh, and in the next following scenes, like um, Al- I think it's Allison Williams, like her character, um, and she did that really good job of this in Get Out too, where she's just like very um, appealing and like it comes off as like very disarming, but you're very really kind of like suspicious of her the whole time. Did did you feel that way? Yeah, I mean. I couldn't even decide whether to be suspicious of her or not. I mean, something something was going on the whole first half of the movie, but you just didn't really know what. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're just kind of on edge because you know something's about to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's while, a very similar role to get out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so while they're at this event uh, playing the cello, they do see someone throw up there, and there's like some background chit-chat that there's like this flu taking hold in uh, in Hunan. Is that the part of China where it was? Yeah, I can't remember exactly where. Somewhere in in southern China. Yeah. 
And and Lizzie's a little worried because she she knew she was just there and she's kind of worried that oh you know I hope I didn't get anything. But so the next morning you know they wake up they they hooked up the night before they'd gone clubbing, uh, partying crazy night. And then uh, Lizzie's a bit hungover, so uh, Charlotte gives her some pills, and then they head out on this bus ride through China. You know they're trying to um, go the authentic way and like go on this like really low cost or cheap bus that's taking them through rural China, um, which I thought was a pretty cool backdrop. Um, for this. Yeah, yeah. Looks like a cool trip. Yeah. Uh, but, unfortunately, like, as soon as, like, they're on the bus, uh, so Lizzie's just, like, you know, feeling worse and worse as this morning progresses, and now they're on the bus, and she's feeling really sick, um, she's throwing up, and then she's, like, gotta take a shit really bad, and, um, uh, Charlotte's, like, you know, yelling at the bus driver, like, you know, you gotta stop the bus, let her off to take a shit, and so, you know, the bus driver's getting pissed, but finally he pulls over, and, uh, there's that scene, has this, has this ever happened to you by any chance? Diarrhea on a bus in yeah. another country? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but this is a little bit of a fear of mine that I've, I think I've pretty well learned to suppress, but <laughs> I used to get like a little bit scared that I would get sick in a yeah. foreign country or while traveling. And now that we have a kid... We haven't done any traveling with him in a foreign country yet, but that would freak me out. Like, what if my kid gets sick if we're in, like... Because some yeah. of our vacations have been a little bit like this, where you're just really in the middle of nowhere, and if something went wrong, you, right. you, it'd be a struggle to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, like self-reception is out or something, or... Yeah, yeah, and people don't, don't, don't speak English. Right, yeah. And not just, like, don't speak English like it's France, like, really, really don't speak English. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that's kind of like the perfect storm of what was happening here. They're like in the middle of nowhere, they're on this bus, like one person kind of speaks English, but no one else speaks English, and they, I, I kind of like really felt their stress in the situation. Yeah, I, I, was, I was stressed out for them for sure. It's a very isolating experience, like they're surrounded yeah. by people, but everyone's just like, doesn't, they don't really want to have that much to do with that. I mean, there's some yeah. people on the bus who are helpful, but there's the threat that she's contagious and has whatever's going on in southern China. And, right. And, yeah, they can't interact and tell anyone what's wrong, and the bus driver's just pissed the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like they, they captured that feeling really well. Um, and especially, yeah, like, Lizzie, like, her freaking out. I thought she did a great job there. Yeah, yeah. It was a very well-acted, very well-done sequence. Yeah, yep. So... Uh, at one point she throws up on the bus and there's, she sees all these maggots in her vomit and, uh, basically the, the bus driver at this point's like had it and throws them off the bus. So now they're like, they're stranded in the middle of nowhere and they're walking and, and Lizzie's just like, you know, can't keep it together. And now she's like seeing stuff going on under her skin and suddenly like these bugs, bugs, like all these black bugs, like pop out of her skin and are just like crawling over all of her hand and she's crying, doesn't know what to do. And she's asking Charlotte for help. So Charlotte's just like, you know what you got to do? And she pulls out this, uh, like a butcher knife and hands it to Lizzie and Lizzie cuts off her hand, which damn, that was, that was pretty gross. It was uh, pretty intense. Yeah. I was trying to think of the word for that type of knife. I don't know if it's a butcher knife or like a meat cleaver. It like yeah. is shaped like an, like a hatchet would be, but it's for cooking. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, yeah. Meant yeah for, like, maybe it's a butcher knife. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. It's, it's definitely meant for like cutting meat though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but right when she does that, uh, you know, it's been really tense. And actually, like, at this point, I'm like, oh, cool. This is about, like, uh, this virus that's, like, spreading through China. And, like, these people are kind of caught in the middle of it. Is, is that kind of what you were thinking? 
Oh yeah, I, I've like had it in my notes at one point. Oh, this is a Contagion movie. Yeah, like, I'm glad I didn't check any spoilers. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was I was actually pretty happy about this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know what's going on now. Yeah, and, and I was like, oh, cool, like a great, great, great setting for it and great like story building. Um, but as soon as she cuts off her hand, there's it, it jumps back. There's like this rewind where like everything just kind of reverses, and you're back in the hotel room with them that morning. And uh, you see Charlotte, um, you know, offering Lizzie pills because Lizzie's got the hangover. But instead of giving her like uh, Excedrin or, you know, some kind of pain reliever, she gives her, um, uh, oh, hallucinogens, which I don't know what drugs were. Were these straight up hallucinogens? Or the, I'm imagining those a side effect, right? It was something for her mom's illness, but it said side effects plainly on the bottle, um, hallucinations, yeah. diarrhea, vomiting. Yeah, don't combine with uh, alcohol. Yeah, a com- combination with alcohol can exacerbate symptoms. Yeah. And then it goes, it plays through all every scene again where like Lizzie's feeling sick, they're back on the bus and she's throwing up and you realize that there actually weren't maggots in her vomit. There weren't like bugs pulling out of her hands, but this was all a ploy by Charlotte to like get in her head and like make her hallucinate this so that she cuts her hand off. Uh, so that's Right, she was like hallucinating at the power of suggestion from Charlotte. Yeah, which damn, that's that's pretty yeah. dark. Yeah, basically, like she barfed, and Charlotte was like, "Oh my god, are those fucking bugs?" And then yeah, <laughs> she saw the bugs. Yeah, right. That's that's pretty cool. That's some dark magic going on there. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I'll have to get get those drugs. Um. So then, uh, so yeah, so now we know like it was Charlotte, and then like that's the end of that storyline. And so I think we're left to assume that you know Charlotte did this maybe out of jealousy or like something happened in the past that. She came and like she did like this violent thing against Lizzie or something. Um, I, I don't know. What, what, what were your thoughts at this point? Sorry, the scene where Lizzie comes back to the school. Uh, oh, right before, like right, like you know, after this happens, like now that we know it's not like a contagion movie, uh, does your mind go to like thinking that Charlotte's like this bad person now? Oh yeah. Then I was like, oh, okay, it's just her wanting to take out Lizzie, and then like she's gonna come back and be the shining star of the school because. It's clear there's kind of a creepy vibe at the school and with Anton, the leader of it, and like who his favorites are and yeah. how you're basically his his little star if you're if you're a top performer. Right, yeah. You know, that part whole part's kinda of weird. Yeah. Uh yeah. it's like him and like two other like old white guys as the uh like the coaches going around bringing these girls into their uh their music academy. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, the, so the, then we go to the next chapter and basically it's three weeks later and, uh, Lizzie shows up at the academy back in, um, Boston or something or somewhere, somewhere in the U S and, you know, her hand is cut off and she relays the story to Anton and is like, oh man, you know, Charlotte, she cut my hand off. She was, you know, jealous. She, she was really jealous and she wanted to take everything away from me. So she did it. Uh, you know, you, you got to take me back in and, you know, let me be a teacher or something. And at first, like, Anton's, like, pretty open and friendly, but then he basically says, like, you got to get out of here. Like, we don't really have any value for you, and, um, you know, uh, you're, you're not welcome in the academy anymore. So he kicks her out, which which is pretty cold, I guess. Um, yeah, pretty rough. Yeah, yep. But not necessarily a surprise. You just got the vibe about that guy from the get-go. That, well, yeah, I guess. I was, yeah, I, I couldn't tell. Like, he seemed like a really generous guy. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought he would like let her stay there and teach because obviously she's like pretty well renowned and like a celebrity in a way. So, so like to kind of kick her out like that, I was, I was yeah. a little disappointed. Um, um there was a ahead. point in the movie 
we don't have to get into it now, but I want to bookmark it. At mm-hmm. this scene, I felt like they were a little too heavy with the exposition, like the rewind where they showed us um, Charlotte's plan and how she poisoned her, and then this scene where they're like, she did it. Why would she do that? Like, oh, because yeah. she was jealous. It was kind of like, oh, we get it. Like, you didn't need to show us that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll talk about it more towards the end. Later on in the movie, I kind of understood why maybe they, they would have done it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I should actually think about the plot later. Maybe uh, that makes sense. You, you mean like yeah. why she like says it, why it puts that theory out there? Like you feel like it's kind of dumb for the audience? Or de- or like yeah, it's like them? we know. Yeah. We, we've already put it together. She must be jealous and she did that yeah. for that reason. Yeah, yeah, right. To get you out of the game. Exactly. She thought about poisoning your brandy, but then she thought, well, what if she gets bourbon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so she's kicked out of the academy. So then it cuts to a scene of Charlotte, who's like back in Minnesota, cutting uh, oranges out of er, tomatoes while she's making dinner. And uh, suddenly, like she gets attacked in her home by Lizzie, who who like shows up there with uh, an electric uh, a taser. Is that what that is? Yep. Yeah, and basically, like she uh, attacks Charlotte. And the next thing we know, uh, Anton's like pulling up to the academy. And Lizzie's there, and she's like, you know, uh, I've I've got something you want. You know, you 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 kicked me out before because you didn't want me, but now I have something you want. And he's like, what do you have? And she opens her trunk, and Charlotte's in there. So uh, they drag Charlotte inside, and um, Anton like confronts Charlotte. She, he's like, you know, what? Why'd you do this? And at this point, Charlotte says, um, and throughout throughout the movie, I guess we saw like little glimpses of. Charlotte's past where like she'd like sl- tried to slit her wrist in the past well I think she had slit her wrist in the past and like we know she's yeah. like gone under like some kind of uh, treatment um you know like she's had her head shaved and like had shock therapy maybe yeah um, they show quick clips of that yeah yeah kind of scattered throughout the it's like film. very abrasive flashbacks yeah yeah exactly um and at this point now that like you know she's captured and brought into the academy and Anton's like you know what's wrong with you you know there's something wrong with you and she confronts Anton, and it's revealed that Anton was uh, abusing, you know, uh, Charlotte as a kid when Charlotte was a student there. And, um, you know, like in the form of like, you know, if, if, if they wouldn't perform or if they wouldn't like play correctly, they would like put a lot of guilt onto them. Like, oh, you're not, you know, you're letting us down, you're not doing it. And then I think just like sexually abuse these kids. Is that is that the gist you got? Yeah. Rape them if they made a mistake. And I think essentially gang rate them as well as with these two other dudes who are just like in the room every once in a while. Yeah. They, kind they of get... lackeys that are just <laughs> nothing yeah. lackey about them other than they're just creepy straight white dudes. Yeah. They have like no lines or anything. They're just like these little henchmen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so, so then we get revealed that, uh, and, and her whole thing is like, I was trying to save. I wasn't trying to hurt uh, Lizzie. I was trying to save her from you and what you've done to like me and like other girls uh, who you know have, have come through this academy that you guys have you know abused this way. So uh, Anton, at first, like he's acting surprised, but then he just kind of smiles because uh, you know he like owns it, I guess. And then um, and then uh, I think he, oh yeah, the, he drags her downstairs. She tries to escape and they knock her out. So she wakes up and she's tied to this chair in like this performance room. Uh, wearing like this red dress and in like this lighting, that, that was a pretty cool uh, scene. I think like the way she was like uh, set in that backdrop. Yeah, it's a very 
the production design in this movie is really great. Like the school is really a cool setting. It's and it's beautifully shot. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, and the way like she's staged at this point, like you can't see the chains, but they're under her dress. Like she's chained to this. Mm, yeah. Stage, and um, Anton's just like, yeah, play uh, a song. It's got to be perfect. He's there with the two other guys. Um, where his lackeys and uh, Lizzie's down there with them, and he says, "You got to play. You got got to be perfect. If not, I'm gonna abuse this young girl that uh, you know we just brought from China with us." So she plays. Oh yeah, he like brings this other like their new prodigy who's very young, like right. down as a like a hostage almost. Like I'm not gonna do anything to you if you mess up, but I'll do it to her instead, which is yeah. like even worse for for her essentially because she's been through it and she's older and this girl's still doesn't know what, what the deal is at this school. Yeah. And the last thing, uh, you know, that, yeah, she, she wants to do is like be the reason this girl gets abused, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a very tense, yeah, you know, I feel like I said some things in there that really aren't right to say. So apologies. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's fine, but I, I could have worded that differently. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is a hard, hard one. To, poisoned. This is a hard one to talk about. Uh, it is, yeah. Yeah. So then, um, so Charlotte's like, play, has to play this piece perfectly. And it's like pretty tense, like watching her play this. Um, she's, she's going through the notes and, um, you know, the whole situation is pretty tense, but she plays it. And I think she played it perfectly, right? I, I mean, I'm not, I couldn't tell, could you? There was a brief mistake that they, I think, um, they kind of had a like shaking effect on the camera and they each had like a small change, like a micro expression when it happened. Oh. Which was a signal to us who were uninitiated in good music that there was a mistake, but it was barely audible. Oh, damn. I, I totally missed that. Uh, that. That's why people should play jazz more. Like in jazz, you have you don't have any mistakes, you know? In classical music, there's just so much room <laughs> for error and stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you then, get raped if you do it perfectly. <laughs> in jazz, yeah. <laughs> in the jazz school. Yeah, exactly. In the jazz academy, whole different rules. <laughs> Uh, so then, uh, the, the, you know, he, he lets the, the young Chinese girl go, which is, which is a relief. But then, uh, he's, uh, he's like, you know, now you got to pay the price. So he goes upstairs while the two guys kind of go at her and like, you know, they, they, they push the chair back. She's chained. They're about to rape her. Lizzie jumps in to say, you know, let me go at it first. Um, but, um, before like she gets too aggressive, the two guys kind of fall over and you realize that she's been, they'd been poisoned. And then it does one of those rewind things again that we saw earlier where it goes back and it shows uh, when Lizzie had gone to Charlotte's house to attack her, they actually, you know, were talking about it. And you find out that Charlotte had told her when um, she had cut off her hand that she was trying to save Lizzie from, you know, the school and this guy and, the, you know, the years of abuse or whatever. And, um, you know, Lizzie just needed to, like, see the proof by getting kicked out of the academy. So those two are kind of now, like, it's uh, conspiring together. And they like rigged or set up this night, so now like they were here to like get revenge, I guess. Um, so they right is is that right? Yeah, that's how it goes. Okay, so they 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 kill those two guys with poison. They go up and they murder uh, Anton's wife, who was kind of complicit in this whole thing, and you know just letting Anton do whatever he wants. And then they attack Anton, and in the battle, Anton like slits open. Um, Charlotte's arm, and then uh, finally Lizzie's able to kill him. Well, actually, she doesn't kill him, but like stabs him. And then the movie ends with uh, a scene of Anton 
and uh, all his like limbs are gone and he's like on this IV machine. And uh, you see the scene of Lizzie and Charlotte, they're on stage playing one cello, but because they both have like lost one arm or one hand, they are kind of like playing it together and they're performing for Anton. And that's where it ends. Which yeah, I thought- apparently Anton had stabbed her arm and done so much damage that it had to be amputated. I thought that was like one of the grosser scenes is when he stabs her arm in that fight. Like he kind of rips it through her veins. Yeah, he like stabs and then like cuts down and like is basically just cutting her forearm like all the way down and the knife's all the way through her arm. It's yeah. pretty intense. And and then she yells my arm while that's happening, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was another one where it's just like, like we would have gotten it. You, yeah, you didn't we're, have to spell it out. Yeah, we're, we're seeing it. <laughs> See, your arms getting cut up. You know, say, <laughs> yeah. oh, my arm. <laughs> my arm. Yeah. My left arm. Yeah. Right above the wrist to the elbow. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not sure if I'll be able to keep the arm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I, I feel like that was unnecessary. Uh, and, and the end, like them sitting there, I, I thought that was kind of a, like a dark, pretty crazy visual. Um, what, what did you think of that? Yeah, that was, I love that. They're each playing with their, you know, I think Lizzie's on the neck and, uh, Charlotte's using the bow or whatever those terms are called with a cello. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of haunting and like gross, but like the music that was playing was kind of happy and victorious and, yeah. um, it was like kind of beautiful at the same time. Like they had both been through so much and like now they're presumably a couple because I think they they kiss at one point during all this madness. Um, oh yeah, right. And and then it's like, well, what if like they could go on and become this famous pair who Oh, true. <laughs> play can play really well and have great chemistry. I know, yeah, actually that, that's a really good point. This could be a good thing for their career. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it, that scene's supposed to like speak maybe to the symbolism of like those two coming together to like defeat this person. But um, I, I, I was surprised they kept this guy alive. Like I thought they would have killed him. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was just kind of a, a torture, I guess type thing. You got to listen to us play ultimate Kelly. revenge. Yeah, yeah, that could make sense. Uh, so, what did you think? Um, like, what did you like? What did you like about this movie? You didn't like. So the only thing I didn't like about this movie, as we were talking about earlier, is that I feel like there was maybe a little bit of obvious exposition, like the rewind scene that we talked about after the whole bus incident. But then the rewind scene at the end, I felt, was a little bit more necessary to fully explain what was going on and just, and maybe not even to explain, but just to give us that moment between Charlotte and um, Lizzie after Mm -hmm. Lizzie's home invasion without spoiling it at that point in the movie. Oh, and so th- at that point, then I was kind of glad they did the rewind earlier. So at least you've done it twice and it makes it a little bit more of a theme. I guess. Yeah. Just having it like done once would have been weird. Yeah. Cause the first time it happened, I was like, that so doesn't really fit with the rest of the way this movie's been shot and like the tone of the movie. Yeah. But then it ended up kind of, it kind of became a bit of a theme. Sure. Um, yeah. Did they do it and twice then again, or three times? I think they only do the rewind twice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then again, the scene where she comes back to the school and she's explaining to the teachers, this is what happened and why would she do that? And it's like, 
mm-hmm. she must have been jealous. It was like, okay, like obviously she's jealous, but that may have just been another red herring to confirm your suspicions as a viewer. Like, yeah, this is what happened. This is why she did it. Right. It, and I think she was trying to sell it to uh, Anton, right? That like, this is why. Because at that point, she was kind of already aligned with Charlotte a little bit. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, because I, th- I think when she comes back to the school, um, which is after her hand has been cut off, she's there because uh, Charlotte told her she was trying to save her. And Lizzie was still on the fence, and she's like, no, they actually love me, maybe. And I'm, I'm assuming Charlotte told her, like, try going back to the school, and you'll see you get kicked out. Because then when Charlotte, when they do that rewind, and it shows Charlotte and Lizzie talking at Charlotte's house, um, Lizzie was like, oh, you're right, or something, like, they kicked me out. Or, or Charlotte was like, oh, they kicked you out, didn't they, or something. But I, I thought she, like, went there to purposefully, like, see if, like, if I tell them the story, are they going to, like, let me stay there? And, like, do they actually care about me, or are they going to put me out on the street? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think we have slightly different interpretations, but I don't necessarily think it's that drastic. I kind of thought Lizzie was just like, you're a crazy bitch. Like, what were you trying to teach me? And then it's only when they're truly like, no, you can't stay here, does she realize, like, okay, maybe Lizzie was right. Yeah, or maybe Charlotte was right, right, at that point. Or maybe Charlotte was right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's like the experience that it took her for, uh, to get in her head at, at that point. But I think when she's telling right. uh, Anton, like, what happened... And, like, portraying Charlotte as, like, this crazy psycho who, like, was trying to take everything away from her. I think she's trying to, like, uh, storytell a little bit to see if, like, how uh, Anton's going to react or something. Or maybe paint a picture in his head. Okay. Yeah, that's not what I thought, but it could be. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. But Well, because at that point, like, at that point she... So so you think... Because at that point, like, she's heard uh, Charlotte's explanation, right? She has, but, like... If you were sitting there with your hand just cut off, would you be ready to digest, like, mm. oh, you're saving me? Would you <sighs> just be like, you're a fucking psycho that cut my hand off? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Actually, no, I see. I, I think you're right now, yeah. Yeah, I think she was still probably having uh, that thought then that she was jealous or something. And then after they, after she, they basically say, no, you can't stay here, they show her with a look on her face where she goes from sad to kind of like a look of determination. Mm-hmm. And they flip the camera around so that oh, Lizzie's yeah. head, her face literally flips. So I kind of thought like, oh, this is symbolism of her like flipping. Like yeah. something has changed now. And I think maybe that was her kind of coming around to Charlotte's point of view. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that could be it. Um, I, I agree with you about those like uh, those, those rewinds. Um, I feel like other films have done it. You don't necessarily have to. I, I think I have an issue with like the way they did it stylistically, where it actually like stops the film and like reverses everything, and you like you see the, everything going backwards. And you uh, hear the rewind sign of like rewinding a VHS. Like, oh, are you serious? They <laughs> yeah. play that noise. They do. Oh God, that's kind of that's kind of gimmicky. They they could have yeah, just a like a little strange. Yeah, they could have just like flashed back to a scene of like. Uh, Charlotte in the morning, like putting different drugs in her drink. Yeah, you, you didn't have to like rewind everything and play that noise. <laughs> that that seems kind of necessary. Yeah, but by the end of the movie, the tone had gotten a little bit more playful, so I was a bit more forgiving. Like when they do finally go to kill Anton or to have a confrontation with him and stab him a, a mm-hmm. bunch, I guess this like really heavy rap song starts playing that I think they presumably put on. Oh um, yeah. To, yeah. like, play as they killed him. 
Yeah. So that was a little bit more of the like black comedy to me. Like the two of them walking with this badass music playing and they're just like, we're here to fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I liked it. I think there were two parts in the film where like hip hop music came in and it sounded pretty good. Yeah. So it's a nice contrast to the classical stuff. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought this movie kind of suffered from a little bit is kind of like a, a whiplash effect. Um, because like the first 30 or 40 minutes, you're thinking there's some kind of flu breaking out. Um, the second 30 minutes or so, you're thinking like this is a revenge story where she's going to go like home invade um, uh, Charlotte and, and kill her and there's going to be this big scene. Then the last 30 minutes, it's like, oh no, this was all about like some childhood rape that happened and, and them getting revenge on someone who raped them. And I just feel like, uh, especially with like rape and stuff, like uh, to kind of you know come, have it pop out like that at the end and uh, be a theme there when you've already kind of like thrown like two uh, you know plot lines potentially at viewers. I, th- I thought it kind of felt a little diluted by the time you got to the end and there's like this other twist now. Um, did, did you feel that at all? I did not. I could totally see that. So this was a movie that I was like, I could have totally seen myself hating this movie, but I really actually liked it quite a bit. Yeah. By the end, I was just like, man, this is kind of a wild ride. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a little all over the place. It is. Um, but I was bought in. I, I was into it. And I think that having the strong characters helped with that. Like, yeah. They were a little bit, even though you didn't always know their motivations, just them being on screen so much and caring about them, good or bad, mm-hmm. like was a bit of a a focus, a bit of a foundation for the film. So even when other stuff was topsy-turvy or unknown, you like, either one of them, whichever you sided with at the time, was kind of your like rock, if you right. will. Yeah, um, I, I think that that helps like having two like such great actors and like great performances there that you're, you're right, you're kind of bought into these characters and they're suffering and uh, you're kind of in there with them. I, I think that really keeps the, the uh, viewer engaged in this one. Yeah, and it grounded things a little bit. And another movie that we, and I won't spoil Mandy, that we talked about that I thought a little bit about when watching this was Mandy, how it just totally shifted tones halfway through. Mm-hmm. But I think one of my complaints with that was that the second half didn't really, like, honor the emotional stuff in the first half. Yeah. And I think this one still did, just in a way that you weren't quite anticipating. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think throughout the movie it was, like, very emotional. It was, it yeah. was good. Uh, um, and, we, and we didn't talk about subgenres, but this is this is a rape-revenge movie. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's, it's like, the weirdest kind of rape-revenge movie because the rape part's only brought up, like, in the last uh, half hour or so. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I don't, if you're a listener who doesn't watch the movies and just listens, I don't think, and maybe you feel differently, Ashwin, I don't think that that was done in like a disrespectful way to make the rape not a big deal. Like I still think that the rape was a big enough deal in the plot and heavy enough, um, even though it was not really revealed until the end. But do you disagree? A, a little bit. I mean, I think when you see it and you go back... Um, I mean, just overall, like the fact that um, her being raped caused her to like uh, find Lizzie and have Lizzie cut her hand off. Like, it's just that that seems like kind of stretched that that was somehow tied to her as a kid getting raped and like her and Lizzie's bond. Like, uh, I mean, I, I just feel like, I don't know. It, it seems like she could have uh, confronted her in a different way without making her cut off her own hand. Um, you didn't think that was kind of extreme and. Like kind of, I I don't know. Like, was that grounded in how that was tied to the overall uh, goal of hers? I guess. 
Yeah, and I mean, that was pretty extreme. Um, and I don't know how much we've talked about this, but yeah, she did it to, she thought it was the only way to make Lizzie see that all they wanted from her was her talent. So she essentially had to take her talent away to make Lizzie see that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was extreme. Um, but also, Charlotte is not an emotionally or mentally stable person. Like, sure, yeah. She's She's been institutionalized at some point in her past. Like, it is extreme. It's crazy. And they're each, like, damaged people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was over the top. It was an over-the-top movie in yeah. every way. Um, that's true. I, I, I guess just, you can, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I guess that's true. Like, you can't expect, like, uh, these characters to be... Uh, I, I mean, I guess, logically, like, I'm wondering if they, like, just sat down and had a conversation about it. But, yeah, this is, like, a horror film. These are, like, damaged characters... And they're going to, like, try to get to their goal, like, through a different way. So I guess I, I can't really knock it on, like, I, I guess I felt like the first half was just so disconnected from the story that came at the end. But um, I, I guess assuming that there's some logic there might be the flaw, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It, and this movie is just so bonkers. Like, it's hard to digest. And I've been thinking about it ever since I saw it, too, like. And I think my views on it have even changed since I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot to take in, but I think they, I think they did a good job, and I think the cinematography was so good, and the characters were so. I mean, they were just portrayed so well. The acting was great. They were realistic in a weird way, even though mm-hmm. they were so crazy over the top. Um, yeah, especially like just the two of them touring in China. Like you're bought in. Like you're bought into their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think even though it was bonkers, the two of them grounded it, and I, I ended up really liking it. I agree. I mean, I think that was one, like the only one of my favorite parts was like the the two of them bonding, and and their yeah. chemistry. That was good. Mm-hmm. So, how many knives through the arms would you give this one? I think I give this four knives through the arms. Ah, it's generous. That's good. Uh, yeah, I think I'm only <laughs> at like I, th- I think I'm only at like two and a half, j- just because I yeah. Yeah, just because I, you know, I, I feel I feel like the weight of the the final moment was kind of lost on me, and and I see what your comparison to Tusk, like the end, like this disformed person, and I think someone even asked the director, like, do we need that final scene in there? Um, I don't know. Did, did you think that was necessary? I think it was. I mean, seeing his full body and his like stumps writhe around as he's connected to uh, an IV was rough. Like, yeah, it was disturbing. Yeah, but I really loved the two of them playing, each with their one arm and just their facial expressions. Yeah, each of their facial expressions was like very different and very true to their characters throughout the whole movie. Right. Yeah. And it was I don't know something about it was just haunting, but really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was kind of a beautiful like outtake for that. Yeah, and, and them playing a piece. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, ending. yeah. It was it was a great way to great little outro. Yeah, in my opinion. But yeah, a lot of this movie was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. Well, it's out there on Netflix. Uh, any, anything else you want to add about it? No, that's all I got. All right. All right, everyone. Well, uh, that's all for our discussion on The Perfection. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It'll help other people find our show, and we very much appreciate it. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our links on our website, horrormovieclub.com. Or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it ahead of time. 
Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're on a bus in a foreign country and you have to go to the bathroom, uh, make sure you always travel with some toilet paper. 